Hey everyone, welcome to episode 24 of Cloud Conversations. Uh, so I'm Rue, as always, and again, as always, I'm joined by Pete. However, not as always, however, going forward, we're joined by our newest guest host. Uh, guest host? Not even a guest host. guest host. Permanent host. Cat <laughs> Greenan, uh, who you might remember joined us on the show before. So Cat, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here and part of the crew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So again, you know, uh, in spite of my bumbling, Kat's going to be uh, really a, a full-time member of the team with Cloud Conversations from now on. Uh, you know, the, the thing about the Microsoft Cloud is it's it's so big and I don't know all of it. There's, you know, things such as Teams and SharePoint. I'm just useful as a chocolate kettle in that regard. So hopefully we can get Kat in here to talk a little bit more about her expertise and bring with her some more great guests for everyone. Sounds good. Yeah, absolutely. I guess it might be useful, Kat, if you just kind of introduce yourself as well to folks, kind of give folks a little uh, reminder about what you're into, what you're about, uh, and what kind of stuff you'll bring to the show. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm Kat Greenan, uh, and I'm a Microsoft Solutions Specialist. I specialize uh, particularly in the collaboration aspects of Microsoft 365, um, more so in Teams, I'm a little bit of a Teams nerd, um, and that's always a good thing. Um, but also looking at SharePoint, uh, definitely Viva uh, with all the, the modules coming out. Um, so that's where I spend a lot of my time. Um, what you'll find me typically doing is posting uh, blogs. So I have a blog called collabwithcat.com, um, which shares tips and tricks on using Microsoft Teams, um, which is uh, not just technical. It's really there to help with uh, getting best practices. So you'll find me sharing things to help you use Microsoft Teams as an employee, um, you know, not just as, a, as an IT administrator. Um, and hopefully I have a network of people that I can bring as guests as well. Um, so there's lots of uh, Teams, Adoption and Change management management, uh, colleagues and, and, and people that I work with. So hopefully I'll be able to bring some uh, an interesting spin to the show. But I'm really excited to, to be here and uh, be part of uh, Cloud Conversations. Oh, amazing, Kat. We're really, really happy to have you as part of the team. Welcome. Yep. Excited about things going forward and can't, can't wait to get started. And normally on, on the show, we would we would normally have a, a guest each week, but because this was Kat's first show, um, we thought it was a good idea just to um, pause for breath a little bit, catch up between ourselves and uh, and update you with um, a few things that have been on our mind and what we've been up to lately and uh, just mm. have a little chit chat. So I hope you don't mind. I'm sure you don't. <laughs> you <laughs> better not mind. Really. <laughs> yeah, tough luck. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, with that in mind, um, over to our newest member of the team over to you Kat have, could, could you have a share with us things that have sort of caught your eye lately what's what what have you been up to and what's been interesting in in your world of uh, m365 yeah no that sounds good so I feel like it's definitely conference seasons come back I had a little yeah. bit of a gap in the summertime there didn't seem to be a huge amount going on um, and so I'm uh, doing a lot of different conferences at the moment so I did one last night which was the M365 Live uh, 2021 event um, which was actually a Colombian uh, event that we did uh, which was quite interesting talking about power apps uh, teams and data loss prevention so getting into a little bit of the compliance and security stuff um, so that was good fun. And then um, I do have a, a conference coming up, which I'll 
plug shamelessly um but it's the net core conference 2021 um, and that's on the 8th and 9th of october um i'll be talking uh, again about teams um a little bit about adaptive cards and teams which will be good fun uh with lots of demos and the sessions are that's not been promoted yet on the website um but they're looking really really interesting um so yeah please feel free to check it out if you haven't already but there was a couple of things I did, wanted to talk about and get your views on, actually, um, which is something that's a bit topical now um, with hybrid working. So mm -hmm. I was looking at some of the new um, uh, kind of approaches that Microsoft are looking to take with hybrid working because they is interesting. They released um, like a guide for people to use on what they did as a policy for hybrid working. So they said you know, 50% of the time you come into the office, but it's manager's discretion. Um, you know, if you need extra equipment, again, it's they're given a lot of um, of that ownership to the managers to decide on what their, their teams can do, which I thought was really interesting because people that I'm speaking to, I'm hearing lots of different things. People are going back into the office three days a week, people not so much. Um, where I am, I'm working, I, I work from home anyway, and I, I've got a home working contract. But are you guys finding the same sort of thing? Are you expecting to go in uh, a lot more and visit, you know, uh, in person, uh, you know, events and meetings? Or do you think it's still going to be a little bit more hmm. remote for the time being? Yeah, no, it's a good question. I know that, I guess, on the one hand, we're the line of work all three of us do you know that that's different than your average joe right uh, mm. in the kind of consultancy area uh certainly you know my contract is my, my contract says i'm a home-based worker with travel where required uh and i love it i do miss meeting people in person and building relationships and just shaking folks hands and sitting around a meeting room and having a laugh with folk it's a bit easier and teams fatigue's definitely a real thing uh, I do think that, you know, it, it's interesting. And on the one hand, I I worry that for folks that are new in their career path, that working from home is maybe not so easy. Mm. I think about all the knowledge that you soak up working around people who have got that experience, and it's very easy for you just to lean over, ask them a question, and get an answer. So I, I kind of worry that a lot of the folk who myself included, say that, yeah, working from home is amazing. We're doing it from a place where we've already got all that experience under our belt. Uh, and I also worry that it might create a bit of a, I don't know if divide's the right word, but clearly there's some types of career and job that can never be entirely home-based, right? Hmm. And I do worry that if you're a company that has both types of people, folks that have to be on site and folks that really don't have to be on site. I just hope that doesn't create any divides and tension mm. in the culture, right? Because outside looking in, at least, uh, working from homes get so many more advantages over being in, right? And I just, it makes me worry insofar as that, can, that kind of divide can exist in companies for a number of reasons already. And I just hope that this doesn't exacerbate it, if that makes sense. Uh, but again, I'll go back and say, selfishly speaking, uh, I love it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, because it cuts the commute. It cuts the need uh, for me to wear nice clothes. I can wear the same £2 pre-marked t-shirt that I've been wearing for the last four years and it's barely got a thread left on it. 
nice. <laughs> yeah. But then again, I also, and you know, I, I guess it'd be interesting to hear what Pete thinks about this because I know that he's kind of on the same side of this divide as me. But as far as someone that's introverted goes, it's also quite nice in that regard. Yeah, I agree completely. I've thoroughly enjoyed working from home all this time since the COVID-19 pandemic has been part of our daily lives. I mean, before that, it was a nice balance for me uh, in the previous job I was in, which I'm no longer at, but I would I would typically have maybe two to three nights away from home a week, a couple of nights in a hotel a week, and then the, the rest of that would, would be working from home. So I very rarely get into the office of, of any workplace that I'm at at any particular time. That's that's the, the least likely place to, you will find me. But I think um, it's going to depend on a lot of factors, isn't it? It's going to depend on the culture of the organization because each organization is completely different. It's going to depend on what type of person you are, what type of role that you're in, as, as you were saying. Um, and for me, I, I absolutely love working from home. I, I wouldn't mind a bit of the other side of it back a little bit but not too much uh, it would be nice to have a change of scenery maybe get out once or twice a week um i would yeah. say i definitely wouldn't want that to become the norm and my contract is is also i'm i'm this is my my, my home is my is my working base so which makes me very very happy and on the whole it, there are so many benefits to that especially as a um as a, as a father as a parent of of, of two children one with i'm sure you, you both know and everyone who listens to the show knows my youngest son has very, very uh, a lot of challenges with autism, and um, it's better for me to be here as much as I possibly can. And thankfully, the technology um, that can support that is there, which is great. Yeah. Don't know where it would be without it. And and the organisations that I've worked for in recent times have all been very, very flexible about that. So I think the the key to it is making sure that people are comfortable with <clears throat> with their working environment because you're going to get a lot of people's backs up if organizations say right that's over now you've all got to come back into work where for years and years a lot of people have been pushing for home working remote working saying this can work and the last sort of however many months it's been have proved that it can work so why why go back if you don't need to there may be some strong business cases why some organizations do need to but on the whole let's just not assume that that's the yeah. way to go yeah well, that's what i guess the reason i i kind of want to talk about a little bit about it is because and you mentioned the technology there so mm. um there it's really cool basically what's uh, the future of like working and i was reading up kind of a lot about like what microsoft's view and what they're doing to support that and it's um i'm gonna send you some stuff because it's really it's really cool um in terms of like meetings so you've essentially the view is hybrid work that's just that's just how it's going to be um we're gonna have some people in the office some people not how do you get that meeting experience and yeah. allow everybody to have a front seat at the table if you're having a meeting room for those who are, you know, working from home so that they don't miss out. And typically, you know, if you think back to a couple of years ago, you'd go in the room, you know, you'd have somebody on the speaker, but it was cutting out and you go into a meeting room and there's echoes and it just, it's not mm -hmm. great. And the person working from home usually isn't on camera, you know, they're just mm -hmm. on the speaker, it's it's not ideal. Um, so Microsoft are with Teams rooms they're bringing out some new features and new devices to help make it just a seamless experience so you've got 
people sitting in a meeting room and then they've got a front row view that's coming so on your tv in the meeting room you'll be able to see all the people working from home on their camera right at the front uh, as if they were kind of in the room and then you'll have two uh, there's new speakers that they're bringing out um which essentially you'll have two speakers um underneath the tv in the meeting room and then whoever's speaking that will come from that speaker so it sounds like they are in the room as well because the, the vo their voice is coming from the appropriate speaker, uh, which I just thought was so cool. I was like, oh my God, this is getting creepy now. How <laughs> so it's like surround sound, but exactly. for... Yeah, so you yeah. just hear my boss in my ear, like, oh, can't. <laughs> That's amazing. I know, I it's cool. It's really cool. Yeah, stuff. I think I saw something shared on LinkedIn about this from Jeff Teeper, I think, shared it. And it looks amazing. I love what you said there about the people in the front row. That, to me, is a are, they, yeah. are these are the class swats? at the front <laughs> but it, I, it's just it looks amazing uh, and then the reactions as well so you can see people's reactions as they're as you're talking and it's all just working together and yeah it's just really mm -hmm. cool so i think in terms of the way the technology is going to support that view on the world is you know it's there and it's coming and it just is yeah really mm -hmm. really interesting really cool um so yeah that's just some of the stuff that i've been uh yeah getting uh Get all excited about. <laughs> nice. Amazing, fantastic, yeah, thank Good you. How, how, how about you, Ru? What's been going on with you lately? Yeah, sure. A uh, couple things, I guess. Uh, overwhelmed, first of all, with all the the flow of information you 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 described it as what was it? Drinking from the fire hose of after yep. the MVP thing. So that's uh, taking a lot to a lot of time to read and process stuff. Uh, also, bite my tongue. Uh, when you get an NDA and having to be careful what you say, uh, it isn't fun, it's all is good it? stuff. It's all good stuff. <laughs> get used to uh, biting your tongue a lot. It's very difficult to remember sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And there's also a code of conduct, I believe. So I better be mm. on my best behavior. I'll maybe go through my Twitter <laughs> and make sure that <laughs> everything's uh, kosher. Uh, but yeah, so I guess one of the things uh, that I'm prepping for at the minute actually is uh, Petri.com, who uh, I do quite a bit of work with uh, and I'll just share this on the screen just now so folks that are watching on YouTube will be able to see this if I can master the technology of StreamYard yeah. try and share this there we go so at Petri we're doing a endpoint management one day virtual conference uh, so we've done a few of these uh, and we broadcast them live on YouTube anyone can join completely free uh, and there'll be a number of you know kind of Microsoft Ooh, dare I say the word, experts, MVPs, folks that have got a good, good deal of experience. And this one's going to be all about uh, managing Windows 10, Windows 11 devices. Uh, so I'm speaking specifically on Windows Autopilot. So Autopilot is one of those services that it's, uh, when, when, you know, when you know it, you know it. But prior to knowing it, there's a lot of confusion. Uh, and so far as a lot of folks think it's imaging, it's technically not really. Uh, there's a lot of misconceptions about what can and can't be done with autopilot. So I'm looking forward to delivering that and hopefully just breaking down some of the myths, misconceptions about it. And then also just explain to folks, you know, this is where going forward, you can save a ton of time for all your new laptops, your new computers, all that stuff. Uh, when you're rolling them out, if you use autopilot, you can kind of free up a lot of your own time as an IT sysadmin. Uh, and put that time uh, back to better use. So that's uh, the Petri Endpoint Management One Day Virtual Conference. That's going to be on Tuesday, September 28th uh, this year. I believe 
Uh, oh, sorry, let me just double check the times. Yeah, so we kick off at 9.25 in the, in the east, 6.25 a.m. in the west. That's an early start if you're over in California. Uh, but for, if you're in the UK, it's that translates to roughly uh, early afternoon. So that's something I've got coming up on my agenda and uh, look forward to delivering that. One other thing I was going to talk to you guys about because... I'll, again, master this technology. I'm going to jump uh-huh. to another screen because it's something that I'll talk to anyone who will listen to me about it. And that is some pretty, dare I say, exciting news, or at least for people in Microsoft 365 security world, is that Defend for Endpoint now has two licensing plans, right? So you'll know this yourself, Pete, and Cat, I'm not sure how much you work with Defend for Endpoint being a Teams person, but it's blimmin' expensive, you know, so you either have to license it on its own or through E5 or E5 security. Uh, but that's no longer the case. What they've done is they've taken what was previously Defender for Endpoint, and if you still want that exact same suite, that's now called Plan 2, and they've carved out a bunch of features from Defend for Endpoint and put them into what they call Plan 1. <clears throat> it's kind of like Office uh, Defender for Office 365 has done this for a while. Uh, it's a two plans, and now Defender for Endpoint does as well. Uh, so what you get with this Plan 1, which again is going to be a little bit cheaper, and most importantly of all, it's included within Microsoft 365 E3 licensing, is you get, you get attack surface reduction capabilities. Technically speaking, you've already had them for ages, but with Defender for Endpoint, what it does is it gives you that reporting which you never had before. It gives you device-based conditional access. So that looks at the risk of the device and says, hey, if that device is risky, according to Defender, we're not going to let it log in. So that's a nice feature there. Zero trust, fluffy word, but it's all contributing towards that. Uh, and then the main thing you're getting from this is you're getting centralized reporting of antivirus information from all your Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android devices. And we never had that before. So Microsoft have always offered this thing called Defender Antivirus for free, right? You know, if you buy Windows 10 out of PC World or whatever, you get Windows Security, Defender Antivirus for free. Uh, And it's a good solution. But the problem is if you're a business, you didn't know what was going on, right? If I've got 100 laptops out there, yeah, the free version is fine, but... I want to know if anyone's getting any of these, uh, you know, if anyone's getting anything suspicious, oh. I need to know about. So what this does is this centralizes the reporting of it and you can get all that reporting in security.microsoft.com. And I've got this nice little graphic here, which the green parts kind of uh, represent what you now get with this plan one license. And I'll be honest, if I'm a small, medium, even a large business, who is at the E3 level of licensing, which it feels like it's, I don't want to say it's almost all of them, but it's a, a, a big, a healthy share, you know, that are going for Microsoft 365 E3 now. I'm kind of looking at this and I'm thinking, well, why am I bothering paying for Sophos or McAfee or Trend Micro or any of these other ones when I'm already paying for this? And now I can actually use it in an enterprise context. So that's quite big news uh, insofar as, Previously, the security stuff for clients, for endpoints, for Microsoft, it was very much a, an, a, a real cost, right? It was very much limited to enterprises that had that 
ability to throw a lot of budget at their licensing. And this is just kind of breaking down those barriers. So pretty exciting stuff. Uh, and it'll also open up a lot of opportunities for me to work with more customers, install and yeah. defend for endpoint for them, which I always welcome with open arms because the more folks I can get on board into Defender, the better. Spread the good word. Uh, yeah, so now that I've lost half the audience, I'm going to show you the third thing that was exciting me. <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm going to give a shout out to, I guess now, fellow MVP very recently, uh, Ben Whitmore, hmm. who's done an amazing blog. The first in a series he's starting to produce for uh, uh, msnpointmanager.com. And he is blogging about the ability to single sign-on to on-prem stuff from Azure AD joint devices. So without getting too much into the technical details, because Ben does a great job of that here in this article, Azure AD join is essentially where the laptop, the computer on Windows 10, it's only joined to the cloud, right? doesn't exist on-prem, but you can still get your on-prem stuff from that laptop using SSO. And that's a big myth that Ben in this series is trying to break down because a lot of folks say, well, we can't do Azure AD join because we've got, you know, network drives or something like that, map drives. Cat's uh, probably thinking that network drives, that's horrific. Should we be using SharePoint? <laughs> but uh, they should. But, you know, there's a lot of folks that aren't there yet. Uh, and to buy them sometime, they can still use Azure AD join devices. So what I'll do is I'll put the links to all this kind of stuff in the show notes page. But if you're interested in following Ben's series, he's going to be talking about how you can uh, leverage Azure AD join devices to get always on VPN and a whole bunch of other stuff to still get access to your on-prem resources uh, on an Azure AD joint device. And as far as stuff that I was going to share, that's about it for me. Uh, like I said, I love all the, the techie geeky stuff, especially anything to do with Defender. Or getting folks away from on-prem stuff. Yeah, I think that's really. I think the licensing's really um, a big one because there has dabble into the conversations of endpoint, although that's not my specialty. Um, And it's uh, because it's primarily the M three six five E five. That's where you get like the uh, defender for endpoint, really, isn't it? With Windows ten, is that right? E five. Yeah, um, that's right. And so that's the the biggest barrier um, because we there there isn't really you can buy it separately as as its own, but then with all the other, if you're on Office three six five, you buy that separately. It doesn't re- you need M three six five really. So it was a kind of yeah. a barrier with customers and people that we're speaking to um, to to move to it. And for them, it was just it's just so far in the future. There's so much stuff that we've got to do but don't see how important it really is. Um, mm. So it's, I think that's going to help open up a lot more conversations because it was a massive blocker, the licensing uh, yes, around it, because it's a sure. big investment. Because if you upgrade to M365E5, most people do it for the security and the device management, uh, but you get uh, voice licensing as well. So if you're not moving right. to Teams Voice, then you know, you're you're paying a lot for the, the voice licensing and Power BI Pro if you're not using Power BI at all. You're not, you know, you're not a big data kind of organization. There's so much you get with it that people are looking more into add-ons 
and then upgrading once they've made use of of what they're doing so no it's yeah. really that's good news i didn't i wasn't aware of that new plan mm. so i've learned something which is quite which is good for oh, me. Yeah, <laughs> I, did, I, did, I did good but yeah no you're right it is big and one of the problems when it comes to the licensing is you get so much with it right so yeah. when i'm working with a lot of customers it's kind of like well you know maybe you go with e3 and you stick with that for a year or two because it's going to take you that length of time to start using everything in E3 anyway. Why yeah. would, you know, so let's just not pay up for stuff that we're not even going to have time to implement. Uh, yeah, it's exciting times and kind of kind of shocked me, if I'm honest, because everything gets thrown to E5. E5 gets all the attention. It doesn't seem mm-hmm. like the lower level of licensing get that mm-hmm. much new stuff. Uh, so this was a nice wee treat and it kind of made up for the price hike. <laughs> which yes. uh, which uh, we haven't spoken about, but it wasn't no. that big a hike. But, no. I would love to say, I would love to think that I had some sort of influence in this because of a month or two back, I wrote an article yeah. on practical365.com saying we needed more flexibility in the E3 versus E5 debate. And it got a lot of traction first on Twitter and then in the article itself. I'm sure it's just a big coincidence that I'm sure Microsoft have been planning this and uh, they don't listen to little old me, but I welcome it nonetheless. It's <laughs> yeah, no, thanks to Peter, we have the end point add on. There you go. <laughs> Take yeah. a bow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I would, I'd be taking that. I'd be taking that. Yeah, I'm yeah, LinkedIn definitely. just now, adding it to yeah. your resume. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, so, I guess, funny. how about you, Pete? What kind of uh, stuff do you have to? to share with us what kind of news you yeah. you're, um, you're you're the busiest man i know so <laughs> <laughs> which is ironic because i don't feel like i have been lately i, th- I feel like i've had almost a bit of a, a month off from community stuff in a way because we've been, we've been, we've been doing the show obviously and we're putting a lot of time into that we've done a show every week since march and uh we've done some live broadcasts lately which i think we've both enjoyed and i think uh, i think we all we'll all want to do some more of those going forward um <clears throat> I've not really blogged at all on my own blog, peterrising.co.uk, for probably a good three months. I need to revitalize that at some point. But um, And the last thing I wrote on Practical 365 was that that one, which is back in July. So uh, I feel I've been a little bit um, <clears throat> a little bit quiet comparatively. Better, better get my, my act in gear and get, uh, get a bit busier. But um, the other thing that we have on each month though um that that uh, that i do with uh, alan Erdley, former microsoft mvp now uh, working at microsoft in the uh in the mtc the microsoft technical center i think that might stand for always makes me think of the microsoft tech community yeah. there are too many art tell you if i had time i would start a campaign to ban acronyms <laughs> we are yes. against acronyms because there are too many that are the same and it's just which, yeah. what does it mean? It's like so frustrating. But um, but yeah, got getting off the point there, which is not like me. Um, but Alan and I do the Microsoft 365 Security and Compliance User Group, <laughs> which is the last Wednesday of every month. And well, let me just see if I can do a fancy little share as well of my screen. Share screen, share screen, and. <clears throat> Why is sharing your screen always feel like the most intimidating thing in the world? Like you're just hoping that all the stars align and it works. Yeah, so here we go. Hopefully you can can you see that? 
There we yes, go. There we are. Oh, we got it. So this is the Microsoft 365 Security and Compliance User Group. Uh, it's the last Wednesday of every month. We missed a month last month because, um, you know, when we set this up earlier this year, Al and I, we, we were sort of told that these sort of groups do tend to stand down for the summer, and, and August tends to be mm -hmm. a month where nobody does these things. But we thought, we're going to power through that. We'll just keep going. But, but then for various reasons we found that speakers were dropping out or weren't available and um and so we just thought oh, we'll take the month off but we'll be back the last wednesday of um of this month september which i think is the 29th maybe yeah, correct like that. yeah we, we, we need to, that's a good memory we need to get the event actually put in here um we'll we'll get that in, up, up in the next week and get that all out from our twitter uh at, at at the 365 um, Security Compliance User Group Twitter and Cloud Conversations and everywhere you can possibly paste it. Uh, and the speakers at, at this month's event um, are, are going to be um, a certain newly crowned MVP, Mr. Rue Campbell. Um, he's agreed to be a willing victim this month. And our oh. speaker is, God, who is the other one? I am going to feel so silly if I can't remember who it is. <laughs> let's say it's an exciting surprise. Um, <laughs> because I can't for the life of me remember who the other speaker is just at the moment. But watch out, watch out soon for, for news on, on September's event. Um, we'll, be, we'll be getting that up on, <clears throat> on Twitter and, and, and all that good stuff very, very soon. Awesome. So, what am I speaking about? I can't even you know, I was gonna ask, I was just about to ask him, God, I didn't <laughs> What's your topic? Let me uh, let me just very quick talk amongst yourselves for a second and I'll go into the second eyes. I'm pretty uh, sure it's AIP, but I'm I think it's something sure. to do with AIP. Have they have they renamed it to MIP? Is that is that oh, yeah, oh, or is it still let's, get in, let's get into this. This is all you know fun. I feel like people are just making up yeah. acronyms as they go. Like I feel, yeah. I feel like no one knows what <laughs> I don't think anybody knows. The only so thing has anybody it, has knows. Has it changed? Nobody knows. Know. Nobody knows. It, it has yeah. changed. So I, I was going to explain this in the talk, but uh, so you have mm. Microsoft Information Protection, which is your kind of that's the top of the hierarchy, right? That's the full mm. stack of everything. Uh, so Microsoft Information Protection that includes labeling, it includes DLP, endpoint DLP, and it even includes. MCAS cloud app security mm. and then so you kind of think that is the very top of the, the ladder and then within that you have this thing called uh well, it gets complicated but you have this thing called uh sensitivity labels now so it used to be that you had azure information protection and you kind of interface directly with it but over the last couple of years they've introduced sensitivity labels which are kind of like a lay, uh, like a, a level of abstraction over AIP. So you don't interface directly with AIP anymore. You interface with sensitivity labels. The technology in the background is still AIP, the Azure Information Protection. Mm. Uh, and it, it's funny how you bring that up and we're all so confused about it because it is confusing because quite frankly, mm. they haven't done a very good job of it because they also, around the same time that they brought forward this thing called sensitivity labels. Mm -hmm. I don't think they use the term anymore, but remember unified labeling was also yeah. the term that was used and you would have one label and it would do encryption protection and also retention and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But it never really came to fruition. 
So mm. unified labeling is another term that's out there. Uh, and the funny thing about unified labeling is there's nothing unified about it at all because it's just one thing. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I'll be trying to... I'll try there and make all that, that a bit more sensical in the, the speech. <laughs> there was that correlation between the um, Azure Information Protection portal in the Azure portal and the uh, and the Security Compliance Center. That's where the unification sort of originated from, wasn't it? Because that's right. Uh, in the very early days, Azure Information Protection was just in the Azure portal. Then they started putting sensitivity labels into the Security and Compliance Center and more recently Compliance Center, and there were two separate entities, but they enabled the ability to cross-populate the, the labels, certainly, not so much the policies. And I, and that's where the alleged unifying <laughs> certainly played a, a large part. But um, yep. it, it can be confusing. I mean, M365 or 365 um, acronyms, they do my napper here. <laughs> phrase. Um, but you are speaking about, though, your talk, to be exact, is real-world lessons for sensitivity labels and Azure information protection. So I don't know if you want to rename that to oh, <laughs> Microsoft. No. Yeah. It's just a name. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. No, that, that sounds good. Yeah. And I, your course speaker. You want to attend it, do you? <laughs> that sounds like a good speech. I will see Get that. Yeah. For you. <laughs> and your course speaker, that. Uh, on the user group that night, later in December, is the wonderful, and I apologize for forgetting who you were, my friend. It's Sean McAvenu. Oh, of course, yeah, um, over at Ergo. Yep. Yeah, and he, Sean will be talking to us about how Microsoft Cloud App Security can remove roadblocks for your end users. So that would be really interesting um, because um, a lot of people, I think, have the perception that Cloud App Security can be can be more restrictive and, and put more barriers in your way. So it'll be interesting to see Sean's talk on that, how it how it can remove those blocks. Yeah, that's a good point, because at the end of the day, it's a security tool. And you think security, you think good, but roadblocks, right? Yeah, that'll be yeah. an interesting one. Good stuff. Yeah, well, so we'll look forward to that. Um, can't wait. The other thing that's uh, on the agenda coming up is it's a, it's a little way away yet. It, but uh, Friday the 15th of October and Saturday the 16th of October uh, is going to be the South Coast Summit, which is down in Southampton at the Aegeus Bowl. So let's just try and do a quick share of, of that as well. Share the screen. And <clears throat> South Coast Summit. Right, there it is. And the agenda there for the, the Friday. The Friday is workshop day. Um, and I'm wondering, because I'm doing a workshop that day on the Friday uh, on site at the Aegeus Bowl with Alan Erdley again and, uh, and Ali Turnbull of Microsoft. Um, and that's going to be a security and compliance hackathon. Now, I can't actually see that specific one on here. I wonder if that's because it's sold out now because this is a this is a paid workshop. So maybe that's full now. And so potentially um, that's why I'm not seeing them. Either that or I'm just doing something wrong, which wouldn't be a huge surprise. But uh, there are other workshops available that day on the Friday. There's this one on the, the Power Platform Hackathon and uh, and um, there's, there's the sponsor dinner. Actually, the Power Platform was the only one on there. But um, but what an event. I mean, I'll, I'll be there that weekend as well, as will Kat. I think you're going to be there too, right, Kat? Yes, yes, I will be there. And I'll be there on the Saturday the 16th, and it's my dog's no. first birthday. 
So <laughs> it's commitment that I'll be there and I'm missing my dog's first birthday. His oh. name's Bruce. Happy birthday, Bruce. Oh. I won't be there. Yeah. <laughs> I said to my fiance that we need to get him a dog cake uh, and take a do a FaceTime with me from my. Mm. So I have no kids. So I live I live that life through my my dog as my child. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, but yes, I'll be there as well. <laughs> yeah, and we were just talking about this a little bit before we came on, it, and um, I'm I'm sort of feeling a bit a mixture of excited and nervous because. No, whatever lie. By by the time it's mid October, it's probably going to be the first place I've been in probably near enough a year and a half. That's further than maybe's well the school run, shall we say? Because I've, I've literally not been anywhere since COVID started, and uh, I've kind of got used to living in this little protective bubble. So I'm excited to see people and and meet people for the first time, and uh, in some cases, but I'm also quite nervous and. I'm sure a lot of people will be, as we were talking on the, the live stream the other night about Commsverse, um, that it's a bit scary getting back out there in the world in some ways, but how are you feeling yeah. about that, Kat? Uh, I'm excited. I'm mm. really, really looking forward to it. And it's supposed to be the, the biggest in-person event this year, isn't it, For in terms of yeah. conferences, or like it's like the, one of the first ones uh, as well, mm -hmm. which makes it even, you know, more, no pressure for the Circle Summit guys. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, but no, it's looking to be really good. It's got a, an amazing venue. Um, I've never actually been to Southampton before, so that'll be interesting. Mm. But yeah, the amazing venue uh, looking to be, you know, pretty big event. So I, yeah, I love all that stuff. So I'm mm. not, not that nervous. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm more excited mm. to go and uh, meet people and yeah, just feel yeah. that kind of, you know, the atmosphere where everyone's chats loud mm. and it's, you know, it's exciting and uh, I'm excited to to be in that environment again, where it's you know buzz, 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 and mm. I love it. I love it. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. But it'll be a really, really good event. So mm. there's a superb uh, event team, isn't there? I mean, there's a, a an army of really I know. great names from the community just volunteering and helping out. But and that's not even talking about the two main organisers who really do deserve a shout out for the incredible work they've done on this. It's uh, Aaron Rendell and uh, Nathan Sweeney, who've other other brands behind this and uh I, I know they've put their heart and soul and blood and tears into this and um they deserve every success and I, i'm sure it will be so we'll, we're, we're going to get them on a on a live broadcast sometime between now and and then just to plug that a little bit more so watch out for that if you if you're watching this we'll we'll be bringing that to you very very soon talking to aaron and uh uh, and, and Nathan, so that's that's good stuff. Um, so yeah, that's South Coast Summit. Um, that's other thing I've just taken on. I've I've started uh, tech reviewing a couple a couple of chapters for a new book that uh, Packet Publishers are, are putting together on Teams. So it's a bit of a change for me. I normally write the books, but so te so tech reviewing is a little bit more relaxing, um, which I quite which I quite enjoy. So I just uh, started doing that today earlier on today. Cool. And um, how does that? How does that work? How do you how do you tech review a book? Hmm. Um, well, you look for examples of things that. Well, what you have to do is, um, and what I can't resist doing is, myself is because I'm a punctuation grammar nut job. If I, if I see something that's not right, I will correct the grammar that. Nazi. Yeah, grammar yeah. Nazi. I, I am a bit like that. Yeah, <laughs> so um, I've already done that a bit. Um, in the chapters I've reviewed, but um, and one thing you have to do in these books when calling out product names, 
you can't just put, for example, MS Teams. It has to be Microsoft Teams, and it has to be consistent. So you can't have Microsoft Teams in one sentence and then Teams in the next one. You've got to get that the same all the way through. So right. being somebody who's been on the receiving end of that, I'm quite enjoying seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> like this. <laughs> Peter's off his red pen, ready yeah, to go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that's been fun. I've enjoyed reading it as well. And so I'll not spoil what the book is, and I'll, I'll, I'll give that a plug a bit later on when it's published and where people can go and f find it, because it's it's written by um, two or three great people in the community who um, I'll, I'll not spoil it now, but we'll, we'll give them a plug later on. Um, but my own... My, the more recent book that I worked on with Nate Chamberlain, who, spoiler, is going to be the guest, I guess, on the show with us within the coming weeks. So it'd be great to catch up with Nate. MS 700 exam guide. That is probably due a second edition. So we're probably going to have to get our heads together and, and work on that soon. The main culprit for that is the exam outline recently changed quite significantly, mainly due to the fact that Skype for Business Online finally died. And there's a lot of things that come out. Uh, as much as anything, but never done a second edition on a book yet, so I don't quite know how it's going to work, <laughs> how much rewriting we'll need doing, and how we'll divide the work. But I'm sure we'll get into that in the yeah. in, in the coming weeks and months, and it'll and it'll be fun. So, and then there's, uh, there's another Teams exam, isn't there? So if you had to, has that changed because <clears throat> has, has some of the content spilled over into that new exam as well? <clears throat> Not necessarily, no. I think the um, I think the main MS one, sorry, the MS seven hundred exam is still the the general Teams administration exam, shall right. we say? The the newer one, which I want to say is the seven twenty. I can't remember exactly what number it is, but it's for a specific Teams role. I think it's for um, is it? Uh, it's one of the other more dedicated Teams roles, not the broad Teams. Right service administrator um it's for communication administrator or something something like that i'll i'm gonna dig out the exact details and we can put that in the link if we if we need to but um i must confess if i'm honest and i and i, and I said this to chris Hoard at the time because he's he's on the advisory board for microsoft exams i thought i don't quite see the point of this if i'm honest but um yeah because the kid the service administrator covers Ooh. Basically everything the communications. Like. Yeah, <laughs> you get less. So you get less. You do less stuff yeah. in that in that role. Um, yeah, you do so less. I don't know why. Yeah, it would mm. be. Is it just going to be more the because you do like the call quality and mm. you know more maybe more detail into that maybe. Yeah, um, could be yeah. that, couldn't it? And Teams as well. Teams is just going to get deeper and deeper and um, mm. more and more intricate. So going down the line, I suspect you'll probably see that more generalized exam. It might go and in yeah. and be replaced by more specialized areas. Such I do know that there were a lot of people um, in the UC world when when that Teams exam came out who were a little bit upset that the the the, the voice type stuff was was bit of an afterthought in in mm. there and and they and, and they felt hard done by that there should be a specific exam for for, for the voice stuff and, yeah. and i take that point there probably should be because um i think a lot of people who do teams who specialize in teams um have certain niches within it collaboration yeah. uc yeah. um all sorts of different things you can do within teams so i for one i don't particularly want to do voice stuff it doesn't appeal to me at all but there are plenty of people who are the are, are the, the of the opposing mindset. So 
Um, so it, may, it makes sense from that point of view, I would say, that there's probably going to be more specialized exams going forward. And it's an excuse for people to share and show off their shiny new badges on LinkedIn, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. On what used to be a claim, but it's now credibly, I think it is, isn't it? It is credibly now, yeah. yeah it's it. roughly the same, though. The UI feels about the same. but About the same, yeah. View my verified achievement on LinkedIn <laughs> yep. from credibly. Yeah, I feel like every time I go on LinkedIn, you see so many of them. Yeah, you just see of them, especially when I, whenever a beta exam exits beta, and everyone gets all their badges at once. You're just scrolling through LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. You can tell when there's been like a new one that's come out, and everyone's like, "Right, here we go." (laughs) Exactly. There was somebody that was quite. That was thought was like quite. I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but they had as their team's background. All their badges, like of all the all right. exams that they've done, and I thought, and there's quite a few, quite a few on there. So I thought, mm. you know, I guess it's like medals and as like a colonel <laughs> or something, <laughs> yeah. like you're in the army of all your medals. Um, but yeah, so yeah. do that. I used to have it as my uh, LinkedIn banner. I used to have my badges, but after a while, I thought that's showing off a bit, isn't it? Well, I don't know. the team's background must be then. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? I'm going on LinkedIn right now to see what your current background is, Peter, because I don't even know. You'll be impressed what my current background is. Oh, nice. I'm going to need to change it, though. You are going to need to change it, but yeah, you get the cloud conversation stuff. That's good. I do. Oh, I Representing. I, do. I love it. But yeah, know, the... I have a picture um, done by my wife, Louise. She's, she's very into our art at the minute, and she's a lovely picture... Um, of a bridge, so that's okay. my current Twitter oh. background. Nice, love it. I think. Which is just... I know. I know your uh, wife, uh, Rue. She also does uh, a bit of watercolor stuff, doesn't she? I've seen uh, on, she... on on her own Twitter not so long ago. I think she, she does indeed. I uh, I'm not gonna. I haven't had permission to share our, this Twitter or anything, so I won't do it in case she gets mm. embarrassed or anything like that. But yeah, no, she, uh, is, but, she's um... a, so she's a geologist. A, and she has a doctorate in specifically in uh, volcanology, uh, and she does artwork of thin mm. sections. So that's where you take a rock, you cut it in half or something like that, and then you can you know kind of see it uh, right mm. right down the middle. Wow! I probably described that horribly inaccurately, but it'll do for now. I can imagine uh, it in my head. Yeah, yeah. So she <laughs> does the. She'll do artwork on the back of that and she's actually a she gets more likes and retweets than me which uh is a bit embarrassing i'm not i'm, I'm uh, uh, you know but uh yeah it's really good stuff uh yeah it's uh maybe i should plug it nah i won't bother because i don't want to embarrass her uh, and also it's an it's an it show and i don't know how many uh i don't know if there's much crossover between it and geology Probably not a great yeah. thing. No. No, no. I would say we're an IT show, but I think we're also a people show. I like to think we're definitely. Uh-huh. A oh, that's a nice. No, you're right. Yeah, you're right. So I like it. I, I would say never, never worry about that. I mean, um, maybe just get a permission first because you might not yeah, want sure. to. Well, what I can say is, if you jump it, but... to, if you go to her website, Pamela dot Campbell dot Scott, uh, that's where she mm. sells all her artwork, and you can buy that. Uh, you can buy. Yeah. Uh, uh, A3s and she also does kind of, uh, I guess you would say, bespoke artwork. So if you happen mm. to have a piece of geology that you love, she can mm. turn that wow. into a piece of artwork as well. That's such a cool job. Not saying that we don't have cool jobs. <laughs> no, you're right. It's, it's, it's cool, isn't it? <laughs> whenever I describe her as a 
volcanologist. The first thing folks say, is that anything to do with Star Trek? And it's not, because it's volcanology, not volcanology. And then the second thing is that, oh, that's a bit more exciting than what you do. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They're not wrong. They're not wrong. Yeah. What we do is frequently... Um, in my opinion, disrespected by our immediate family and friends who don't get our passion and understanding for all things Microsoft 365 to the point that Louise would, and this is genuine, there have been times over the past however many years I've been doing this now where if she was having trouble sleeping at night, she would ask me to talk to her about Office 365. (laughs) Oh, my God. And and it has worked. It has made her sleepy. Um, By talking to in a very calm and soothing voice about when you open <laughs> the Office 365 admin center and go to users to control So you can see her. And that's it. <laughs> Do you just sit with your books, oh, NS500 funny. exam guide, like a lullaby yeah, yeah, book? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, she says, having listened to my calls, which absolutely she hates, and when I get my outside shed office so I'll spare her from that finally she 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 said she could probably do my job just as easy as I could having heard it all I know you've said the same about Pamela haven't you yeah <laughs> absolutely it, she in. knows all the words she knows buzzword <laughs> she knows uh she knows endpoint she knows ATP she knows defender mm. engine on-premises everything mm. it's, uh... <laughs> it's yeah. what mad how people they pick up uh, what, what you're saying when you're on the phone and my other half does a similar thing so if I start talking about something at work and he and I'm like oh so this and this and he's like <sighs> and I'll just do that joke and I'm like oh fine I'll just stop talking <laughs> it's, like, it's exciting for me yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is funny because you, you, uh, you forget that you're in such a tiny little niche and you've got your own language and everything don't you yeah yeah but, uh, it's glad, yeah. I'm glad there's other folk out there as sad as we are. Yeah. That's all the business salesy, commercially type buzzwords as well that I find myself, I hate them myself, but I find myself saying them. And it makes Louise cringe so much when I say things like evangelize or oh, yeah. possible. Um, she hates out of the possible. I say um, that all the time. All the time. All the time I say that. Digital there's transformation. Digital transformation. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't say that one awfully. Uh, as much as I imagine I should, but there are what there kind are also... of opportunity do you get in real life to say digital transformation? Like, I know. That... <laughs> that's true. Uh, the one I use all the time in real life is real life. Work is real life. I don't know why I'm calling it. Wrong. <laughs> uh, it's proof of concept. I don't know why, but like, say we're trying mm. to figure something out. I'll say, oh yeah, we'll do a proof of concept, and I just get a look. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Apparently, I'm also well known for saying we'll do a diligent deep dive. Oh wow! <laughs> a lot of alliteration there. You could yeah. get the tongue tied. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like the word diligent. Um, 3D, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Another acronym it? to chuck out. Are you also in Microsoft. There's an acronym for you. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there's another one I've I'm very conscious when I pick up a new buzzword. There's another one I've started using lately. I can't remember what it is now. Might come back to me later, but uh, it is interesting the the habits that you pick up from other people. Though I can some of the phrases that I've used over the years, I can I can actually remember um, the person that I got that from. So it, mm. it's and you pick up little traits from the people you you get exposed to, don't you, along the way? Definitely. Um, but, some of them but, uh, good, some of them bad. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. E- email has its own language as well, doesn't it? And meetings have their own language. Like you start oh, using phrases yeah. like. 
oh, we'll circle back to that and stuff like that. And you're like, oh, oh I can't God. believe I said that. So th there's a guy that uh, we work with who gets the Mickey taken out of him constantly because uh, all he does is say these uh, phrases like, we'll take this offline. Uh, well, we're all singing from the same hymn sheet. Uh, just to play devil's advocate, just to play any, you'll know when he watches this, you'll know exactly, and everybody will know exactly who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And uh, he says it all the time in every single meeting. And so, yeah, at, at any company events or anything, we always, mm -hmm. yeah, tend to take the mic a little bit because it's just so funny. Uh, <laughs> all of them, he says all of them, anything you can think of in every meeting. Oh, I feel so like you could be talking fun. about me there. I'm like, I say uh, all you those things. You <laughs> You're writing them off. I'm like, oh, yeah, say that one. Say I say that, that one. one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Singing from yeah. the hymn sheet, that's another one I say all the time. Oh, God. I need to stop, just like a caricature <laughs> of a dork. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, There's that team bingo sheet out there somewhere, isn't it? Have you ever seen that? Yeah, oh, I've seen team. that, yeah. Team's phrases. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, a good Is it like a drinking game? game? Every time someone says something, you take a shot. Yeah. 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 It should be. We'd all be. We'd all be a bit. Right. <laughs> yeah. Ten minutes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is is so and so on the call? Can you see my screen? <laughs> all, all, yeah, you're all, on mute. <laughs> you're on mute. That's a, yeah, that's a good. Oh, it's goodness, frustrating how easy it is to be on mute. You just you, you think to yourself, I'm never going to do that. I'm not so stupid. Yeah. Like it happens <laughs> all do. the time. <laughs> you yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's worse when I want to call and somebody introduces me. So this is our team specialist, Cat, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I promise, I promise that we usually do this. Mm. Mortified. Yeah, not good. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I think we've sort of thrashed the tech aspect uh, to death a bit in, in, in this cloud conversation, shall we say. But what we always like to, before we wrap up, I, I think we, we always like to inject a little bit of real life into our discussions as well. Quite often it's about movies. Terminator 1 and Terminator 2, but we've all voted on that already, so we know where we stand. But um, <laughs> one thing I'd be interested to hear, hear you, you guys respond to is is, is music. And um, I've been listening to a lot of music on um, on YouTube mainly, or sometimes Spotify if I'm in the car, but just playing YouTube videos of, uh, and catching up with old tunes that, I, that I'd long forgotten. Um, and it's interesting, uh, I, I read somewhere, what naming your top five songs... Uh, not necessarily of all time, but of right now, of today. And um, if I had to do it right now, I think I've got three of them. That, that I'm, and this could change. But right now, if, if, you, if you push me, what, what songs are you listening to right now? It would be The Gene Genie by David Bowie. It would be In Every Dream Home A Heartache by Roxy Music. And, and it would probably be Arrested Development, um, Tennessee. They're, they're, wow. Don't they know are that one. three wow. very, very eclectic choices. I'm still working on four and five, but have you got any that sort of jump out at you that you're listening to right now? Ba, 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 ba. I can't. I can get my Spotify up and just see my top. Oh, <laughs> I know. I've just done that. I've just fired and up just iTunes. See what, what I've, what I've <laughs> recently played, um, <clears throat> and so, see if there's any new ones. If you're into, so I, I I'm kind of like all over the place for music. I know Me everyone too. says that, but Me too. you know it's the case. So yeah. there is uh, 
There was one guy I've been listening to quite a bit of. He's got some great records. Uh, name's Thompson Egbo Egbo, and he is uh, he does piano jazz mm-hmm. out of Canada, I believe he's from. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's got he's got I think he's got three albums, but one of those albums called the, is called The Offering. Yeah, uh, and I think the whole thing's on YouTube, or it might even be on his website. But if mm. you're into jazz, that you can just put your headphones on and just chill the hell out to. Uh, mm. Definitely recommend Thompson Eggbo Eggbo. That's great. Uh, and I'm just looking up my iTunes here, and then we go straight from that to uh, Jerry Reed. Do you guys know Jerry Reed? Country I music. Don't. No oh country. Wow. Yeah, like proper, proper kind of you know. Uh, yeah, just I can't think of anything more country than Jerry Reed. Mm. He did that song Eastbound and Down, which was in Smokey and the Bandit. Uh, so that's the I'm just looking at my wow. most listened to songs, and apparently that's mm. one of them. Who'd I thunk it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And then straight after that, uh, is Megadeth Killing Is My Business. So Megadeth. There you go. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> nice. awesome. Oh, Metallica, Enter Sandman. That would be another one. Metallica. I, I went to see Metallica and one of my favorite songs. Um, they, they got a new song, uh, Moth and Two a Flame, relatively new when it when we went to see them, which is one of the my favorite songs. Uh, and then when it came on, um, I was like, just like, oh my God, this is amazing. So if you haven't seen Metallica live, I highly <laughs> recommend it. They're very, yeah. very good. Oh, I'd love to. Very good. Um, I seen a thing earlier today. It was the, it was a, video of the concert they did in Russia and it was only like it was either only a year or a few months before the USSR completely disintegrated but mm. apparently what I read I don't know if this is fake news but it was like the as, as far as crowd attendance it's the biggest concert in history and so far as it was like they think there was over a million folks there wow and it was just bananas I'll need to dig that out on YouTube but yeah that was pretty cool wow uh, well, if I go by my songs, there's a few recent ones. Um, so uh, a new Eminem song came out for the movie Venom, and the song is called Venom. I've not actually seen the film. I've heard it's actually not very good, so I'm not going to bother. Uh, but the song's quite good. There's a new so Venom movie, right? There is, yeah. Um, so they made two now, I think. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not doesn't uh, float my boat, but the song's very good. <laughs> uh, and then, so have you, do you know Andrew W.K.? Yeah. yeah, he sung that party hard one. Um, he's mm-hmm. good fun. So he's brought out a new album. He's but there's like three or four songs in this new album he's brought out. And if mm. you listen to it, you're going to be like, "That's not Andrew WK," because it's like heavy, depressing, <laughs> like right. metal. But it's amazing. It's so <laughs> good, and I've been listening to that on repeat because I just like the party hard. I find Andrew WK fine i knew some of their his songs and um, it wasn't like a favorite artist of mine or anything like that uh but now yeah that album so um i can't I can actually see what it called what it's called the album i've just got the songs uh but it's um yeah andrew wk let's see if i can get it up but it's very very good so i'd recommend that so yeah a bit of a mixture and then abba have actually released a couple of new songs <gasps> and i absolutely love them I absolutely love them. them. No, I don't really just heard it. So, 
everybody go google abba and their new oh. songs they did i think they did a concert we were watching it today actually this morning yeah. uh, they've done like a ballad where a uh, type of song where they've got <laughs> which is all right which is quite good um and then they've got all their the old photos of them when they were younger but then there's like a a typical upbeat abba like pop song that they brought mm. out and it's just great i love it so yeah, go listen to the yeah. new ABBA songs if you haven't. They're back yeah. on, back out. Yeah, I just I love ABBA so much. I, uh, it's hard what? to pick your favorite ABBA song. I think again, it's probably would change depending on mood. But if I had to yeah. pick one right now, I'm thinking "Winner Takes It All." Oh, nice. Yeah, I like that one. Um, we were listening to SOS earlier, so I think that's mm. quite. That was quite a yeah one that I quite like. Um, I just looked up there. The album, the new album, is called Voyage. And it's currently oh, pre-released. I've got two songs from it available on Apple Music. So I'll have check a that out. I had no idea. I've yeah, got an Abba t-shirt and everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just read about that myself yesterday. I was like, wow, really? I've, I never thought it would happen because there was talk about it over yeah. the years here and there. But there was always a case of, nah, the, the guys are not speaking to the girls and that sort of thing. And just, oh, it's just not going to happen. But. There you go. Awesome. Yeah. That is really exciting. It says here the full album will be released in November. So there you <clears> go. <throat> Need to check that out. Definitely. Oh, so good. Music is so, so great. And depending on your mood, you want to listen to different stuff, isn't it? And uh, the, other, the other thing that I really, really like, and tying music back into film, is I'm a massive movie soundtrack um fan uh, like a hans hans zimmer are you like yeah a... i yeah. love hans zimmer <laughs> hans zimmer's probably my favorite at the moment he does all of them doesn't he oh, yeah. <laughs> you name any well, film he's probably done the soundtrack inception <laughs> would be my favorite of his i love inception that's, i love in, yeah. interstellar um they are two of my favorite of his but he's done so many good ones gladiator but, yeah absolutely um, pirates of the caribbean yeah, he's every any film. Just say so, any film, and he's, he's done um, the soundtrack. I promise you. <laughs> yeah, but going back, sort of older than that, my other one of my other favorites would probably be John Barry, who did most of the early James Bond films. I was going to say that's James uh, Bond, isn't it? Oh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the, the stuff he's done is just so unique to me. The the emotion he captures in uh, in in all of the scores that he does quite unparalleled I, I i find it can genuinely can bring me to bring a tear to my eye so because i'm a, an emotional sort of guy outside <laughs> of outside of the scores for the james bond movies what's your favorite james bond theme song um oh that's a good question um nothing recent because I I'm, I'm an old school James Bond fan, probably because of my age, um, and I've always <laughs> said that in in my mind there's not been a good James Bond theme in my opinion, only my opinion, since the Living Daylights in 1987, maybe after that. In, not an Adele fan then. <laughs> I've warmed to Adele. Um, I didn't used to like her at all. Uh, I I just couldn't. When, when she was at the height of her powers, I just couldn't cope with her because she, she was just everywhere and I got sick of hearing it. <laughs> but but now I, I, I've, I've mellowed a bit and I, and I do genuinely like Adele. She's she's very, very cool and very talented, but um, didn't particularly love that song. I think the, the new one by Billie Eilish, 
Um, I actually really mm. like it. It's probably the first Bond theme I've liked in a long, long time. But overall favourite, hang on, definitely not Dr. No, because that was just the ding ding ding, ding from Russia. Sure. Boring. Yeah, I'm having to look it up because I can't even remember. There's so many movies. Yeah. Goldfinger's got to be up there. Goldfinger's pretty special. I like so, the man with the golden gun. It's so bad, yeah. but it's so good. That's Lulu, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, you to a kill by Duran Duran. That's pretty good that as well. That could be up there. That that might be my favourite, actually, because I love Duran Duran. I grew up 80s music, new romantics. I, I was Adam and the Ants fan, Duran Duran, Spandau Ballet. That was my, my music growing up. Absolutely love it. So... Um, so you you said you're, you're lean towards the older James Bond movies. Yeah. To, to you, what? Where's the cutoff for you? Does it go up to Pierce Brosnan, or is it where's where's the line think, in the sand? Um, probably, probably, yeah, probably about Pierce Brosnan because I would say Pierce Brosnan is my least favorite Bond. What? Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah. I was going to well, ask yeah. who your favorite Bond is after <laughs> you've. Yeah, Figured out your song. I would actually struggle, and this is going to be very surprising to a lot of people, I think. I would actually struggle to choose between George Lazenby and Timothy Dalton. That's my favorite. Because I think they both brought something very, very unique and different to the the role. They they made them more, I think George Lazenby made them more real. and, and and Timothy Dalton also humanized him in a, in a but he made him tougher. I think Daniel Craig's Bond, the Timothy Dalton was the template for that because Timothy right. Dalton had this edginess about him that other Bonds maybe didn't have. Connery probably did, but he was also very suave and sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, God, you can't be. Yeah, ask me on a different day. I'll give you a different answer. <laughs> yeah, because um, I love I love Connery. I love Roger Moore for what what he what it was the. The um, slapstick, thing, wasn't it? Slap and tickle, yeah, all that sort of stuff. It was of its time, um, and it worked then. It's a bit corny now, though, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> it's interesting. Um, a an opinion, you know what I mean? That's not a yeah not a common yeah. standard to have. That's um, but I don't object to Pierce Brosnan as much as Bond. I'll, I'll, I'll qualify that statement. I thought he was a good James Bond, but I think there was only one good Brosnan. On film, Goldeneye. I think the other three were absolute pants. I know what you mean. The, I've, so growing up, that, that you mm. know, as I was growing up, Brosnan was Bond, so I've kind of got that in mm. the back of my head. But I do think, objectively looking back, some of his films were kind of stinkers, especially mm. uh, Die Another the last Day. One, yeah, the last one he did, right? Uh, yeah. I thought that was quite poor. I remember even at the time, just as a kid, kind of thinking, oh, this is crap. Uh, yeah. Also, the whole BMW thing instead of the Aston Martins. That's just yeah. that was immoral so and wrong. You know? mm. <laughs> You're going to yeah. hate me for this, but I'm really not a James Bond fan <clears throat> at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I love film, but just James Bond never, never did it for me. So, yeah, I'd only say my favorite Sean Connery because he's Scottish, but even then, he... <laughs> I got no other ref- point of reference, really. So, yeah. No, it's it's a it's an interesting one because it's one of those, uh, you know. I uh, I've had mixed opinions about James Bond over the years, kind of the same. I, I went to a period where I thought oh, these are just nonsense, you know what I mean. Uh, but mm. 
over time I've kind of grown to enjoy them a bit more. Uh, and I actually kind of like the Daniel Craig ones. They mm. do suffer a bit too much from shaky cam, mm. 100 cuts in a scene syndrome, yeah. I find. And I think that's the influence of the Bourne movies. But that happens mm. across. That's that's all cinema now almost. Is. There's yeah. too many too many cuts and all that. And I'll tell you one, talking about your favourite uh, actors to portray them. I don't know how true this is, but I heard a story that Liam Neeson was allegedly in the running, or if he wasn't in the running at one point, he was asked the question. He was basically said, would you ever do Bond? And he said, I would never do Bond because I don't want to be remembered as a guy in generic action movies. And now look at me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know how true that is, but it's That's a story so funny. I've been told. Oh, that is so funny because um, I, mean, uh, I immediately am thinking of Taken. Yeah, um, and yeah. all the other ones he did that were basically taken yeah. by different scenarios, like <laughs> yeah, taken on a yeah. plane, you know what I mean? It was... Yeah, yeah. The first taken was really good, actually, but the two and three were not needed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and all the other variations of it mm. as well. Which, you know yeah, what, yeah. Liam Neeson, he can actually do comedy really, really well. Yeah. Have you seen him in, like, Ted, where yeah. he does that cameo, and he's like, can I buy this cereal? And he's like, <laughs> is it just for children? Oh, it's so... And then he does the Ricky Gervais show as well, where he's um, yeah, going in and trying to, like, do improvisation, but he I just... Because he's so kind of straight to, you know, poker face with it, I just think it's... He does comedy really, really well, so I want to see him in a, a comedy movie next. Not yeah. get rid of your action, Liam Neeson, go to a comedy, it'd be hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Go <laughs> the Arnold Schwarzenegger route, you know, just start yeah. lousy comedy movies. <laughs> yeah, I'd love it. I'd absolutely love it. <laughs> oh well, good stuff. But yeah, no, it's uh the, the, the new James Bond movie. It's coming out soon. I think this, yeah. end of this month, I think, and it's Hans Zimmer's doing the score for that. So there you yeah. go. Peter. Nice, there you are, Peter. Because <laughs> he's just doing every movie. Perfect, perfect you know. film. Yeah, yeah. told you every movie. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Well, the, the dream team is Christopher Nolan director, Hans Zimmer soundtrack. And the nice. good thing about Christopher Nolan as well, he gets he's usually got a pot of actors that he includes yeah. in his movies, hasn't he? He's normally got like, uh, well, Michael Caine's in every single one. That's his sort of in-joke, isn't it? Yep. But, uh, yeah. I saw Michael Caine once actually live at uh, Future Dakota a couple of years ago at the Excel London. He was, um, wow. he was He was one of the guest speakers and he was... God knows why, but related to technology. New book, but he was so so cool to listen to because movie wise, I've always been a big fan of loads of his films. I mean, God, yeah. how many could you name? I mean, if you think of a Michael Caine film, the the one that immediately springs to my mind is Get Carter because of the Newcastle Northeast connection. I, I yeah. love that movie, um, but the Italian Job, yeah. more recently the. All the Christopher Nolan stuff. God, there's Zulu. God, he's probably got more credits on IMDb than any yeah. other actor I would guess. Yeah. We were watching a film the other day, and I can't <clears> remember <throat> what it was. But we were sitting watching a film, and <clears> then <throat> my friends were sitting there and said, "Oh, I feel like I feel like Michael Caine would be in this film." And <clears> then <throat> next scene, Michael Caine's in the film. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> that was yeah. pretty cool." I was like, "Bloody hell, he's like Hans Zimmer. He's in everything." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's what the movie industry is. It's <laughs> Michael Caine and Hans Zimmer. <laughs> and Samuel Jackson. And then Samuel Jackson as well. And then, uh, yeah. And uh, who am I? I can't remember his name. Um, oh, it's gone from me. The guy that always dies. He's very famous. Sean Bean. 
Sean Bean, that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah if Sean Bean's in a film, it's a massive spoiler. Because <laughs> you know he's going to die Sean in it. always dies. Poor old Boromir. I recently rewatched the Lord of the Rings trilogy, actually, and it was so good still to yeah. this day. Oh, yeah, yeah. It holds oh. on. Do you know I, I googled how many times Sean Bean has died in films, and it was like 50 something. <laughs> and uh, actually, 50 something. But then he's not actually the actor that's been in dead in the most or died in the most films. It's actually John Hurt, who oh, has right. been the Elephant Man. So he, mm -hmm. uh, oh. and I, I don't remember him being in many films where he's died, but mm. at 75, he was. Like, he was Blame the, the yeah. actor with the most deaths wow. in the film. So there you go. The alien popped out of him in Alien, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was John yeah. Hurt as well. Yeah. There you go. There's one night died. Spoiler there. Nobody's seen Alien, but yeah. So I was crying with laughter when I saw Sean Bean died in fifty films. I just found it so funny. Mm. <laughs> he was even in one of the. Oh. I think it was Hitman Two that came out a few years ago. He was even someone you could actually kill in the game, wasn't he? Oh, that's he was so like funny. A that's good. Yeah, it's a running joke at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I love about Sean Bean, though. What a legend. He is mm. good villain in uh, in Goldeneye. He was really good in Goldeneye. Cause... He was, yeah. Classic. Yeah, Goldeneye. Classic. Trevelyan. Yeah, 006 turned bad. So yeah. Again, a spoiler if you've not seen it, but you've got no excuse because it came out in 1995. <laughs> yeah. I know, it's like That's people who haven't seen The Sixth Sense. It's like, come on now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. goodness me. Anyway, I guess we better wrap up. Yeah. Now that we've kind of, uh, well, we've covered everything to do with Microsoft 365 mm -hmm. and then also Sean Bean. So that's uh, yeah, about yeah. making a leap from <laughs> one thing to the other. Well, it's been a great <laughs> sort of first episode of yeah. the relaunch, I think we could call it, of Cloud Conversations. Cloud Conversations 2.0 or um, yeah. many, other, many other things you could call it. But um, can't, again, a, a warm welcome. It's been absolutely amazing the, the first episode with you as our as our permanent uh, co-host and and going forward we we've we very likely won't subject you to all three of us every time we might rotate this here and there so sometimes you'll you'll get me and cat sometimes ruin cat sometimes me all different flavors of it so um we'll keep you guessing who's going to be on each week <laughs> Um, but we will be back um, with our regular scheduled programming um, next week where we'll have uh, a guest on the show as usual. We've got some great guests lined up, as ever. So please do stick with us. Please check us out on on Twitter and YouTube and, and, and all the usual places. I won't read out the links on this show because they're not updated yet, but they will be soon. But we'll put them in the show notes by the time this goes out. They should be bang up to date. Uh, and all our lovely new branding as well. So... Um, let us know what you think. Let us know if you if you want to talk to us, if you've got any ideas, if um, what you like, what you don't like. We're, we're very open to all that sort of stuff. And uh, and thank you so much for your time as ever. We, we do appreciate it. So for me, for Kat, for Roo, this has been Cloud Conversations. Enjoy the rest of your day. We'll catch you down the road. Bye-bye. Cheers, everyone. Thanks.